Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those type of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through Megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by Megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that I'm looking forward to. And the best thing about Megaseats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events, that's the price you pay. How many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out, oh, wow, that's a great price. But then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy. No, 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 no. That doesn't exist with Mega Seats. You see, at Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you pay. Unless you use code SSAW Network. That's right. You go to Megaseats.com. You see a concert that's coming up. You click purchase. That's the purchase price that you get. And then you put in the code SSAW Network, and they take 10% off of that. Go to Megaseats.com. Get back to life. Use the code SSAW Network and save 10% in the process. Let's go. Welcome back to Cover Zero. We are in our final week of our NFL breakdowns. How are you guys doing today? Doing really good. We're glad to get back to another breakdown, the final one, final division. And uh, yeah. Yeah, same here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for football, man. The preseason is, is such a teaser, you know, so I'm, I'm ready to get to the real thing. So a couple more weeks, we're right there. It's a huge tease. It's like football, but right. not really. Yeah, <laughs> right. football, kind of. <laughs> right, right. Definitely. Um, special guest today, Corday. Thank you for joining us once again. No problem. No problem. Happy to join the podcast anytime. Well, yeah, we happy to have you, bro. Yeah, what's up, bro? Welcome back. Glad you glad you could join us. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So let's get into this. We're gonna start out with um we're doing the NFC South. So let's start at the bottom with the Falcons. And I'm actually going to ask our guest because I'm pretty sure you're going to see them this first week of season. Um, so I'm interested to hear your take on their offseason, um, preseason, what you've seen, and just where you see this team, uh, this Falcons team, um, what they're going to do this season. I mean, Julio is gone. So um, I'd like to hear from you. What do you think of the Falcons this upcoming season? Um, I'm, I'm glad you asked me because, you, as you said, Julio is gone. Um, I think that's a big blow to the wide receiving core there. I know they got Calvin Ridley and they drafted uh, Kyle Pitts. But I feel like, honestly, this team 
should be rebuilding, but isn't. Like, I'm like, I, like they're trying to do a retooling of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, why do you trade Julio Jones and then draft Kyle Pitts if you're trying to compete? Like, if you're trying to go all offense, why would you trade Julio, you know? Also, right. also this team is in a bad cap situation, just like how my Eagles was. Uh, but you would think... Like, if you're going to trade Julio, okay, we're going to trade Matt Ryan. They re-up Matt Ryan, and now it looks like he's going to be on this team for at least another two to three years because of the cap hit this season, next se- next season, and the next. So it's weird to see that we're going to double down on Matt Ryan, and then we're going to trade Julio, who probably at this stage is way better than Matt Ryan is because Matt Ryan's what, about to be 36 coming into this season and Julio was only 32 but still seen probably as a top five receiver minus the hamstring injury right a lot of prognosticators are saying well you know he's older he's 32 now he's been injured a ton this was like the first time Julio has missed I think was it eight games this year or like seven games but when he was on the field he still was balling still got like 100 yards several times I think he had a 200 yard game if I'm not mistaken or almost a 200 yard game mm-hmm. yeah it was close to it yeah it wasn't yeah. quite Against uh, Minnesota, I think. Yeah, torching them, torching them. But it's weird that you trade Julio, who I feel has a lot more years of his prime than a Matt Ryan, who, you know. But I think maybe because quarterbacks are playing later into their careers, they kept him. But it still doesn't make sense to draft a Kyle Pitts and then trade Julio. You would think you would want a Kyle Pitts, a Julio, and a Calvin Ridley. So it's going to be interesting. And also, this team is going from a 4-3 under Dan Quinn to a 3-4, I've heard. Uh, we got players like uh, Deion Jones and uh, Grady Jarrett, who is another player who supposedly they might have wanted to restructure, made him maybe have him sign an extension, because I think he has like one year left on his deal, mm-hmm. or two years left on his deal, and he wanted a new one. And they wanted him to uh, restructure to make more room. And I, I heard the talks was, if I'm going to restructure, you know, give me an extension. But there was a back and forth where even some point I heard that he might have been on a trade block at some point, but then they didn't. So I'm just in my head, I'm like, okay, you have a terrible cap situation. Your quarterback is getting older. You trade away probably, not probably, the best wide receiver in your organization. I feel like this team should be rebuilding, but I feel like they're not. And I really wonder how they're going to do this upcoming year. I don't think they're going to do well. Because, like, last year, well, they won, like, four games, and the year before, they won seven. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really interesting. But I, I, I feel like this team is at a crossroads where they should be rebuilding, but they're not. So it's going to be super interesting to see what goes on this season. And especially because under Dan Quinn, they got off to terrible, ridiculous, uh, slow starts. I remember the Dallas game, which if they just recover the onside kick, they win that game. That but game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they didn't which is ridiculous and the funny thing about it they beat my Eagles last year which was, was well we had a bad season but I remember it started off they, I think they started off hot but then we almost won towards the end but just this team doesn't seem like it should be trying to gear up for a playoff run it should be more like a, a rebuilding than more of a retooling yeah, when you look at what what the Falcons has done, man, I mean, there's some some things they've they've done throughout free agency and through the draft. I like, you know, we talked about Kyle Pitts. That's going to be 
I have, I mean, you know, you never really know. I mean, the draft is crazy because you see how players, how well they play in college. You just automatically feel like, okay, yeah, this player is going to be a stud in the NFL. And, you know, you're supposed to feel that way if you really, you know, if you've been watching the player, been following the player or whatever. But it's still a crapshoot. You never really know. But, I mean, as good as Kyle Pitts played over there in Florida, you have you have to figure that he's going to be a stud. So that was a really good pickup. You know, and then you look at Richie Grant, who I had, <clears throat> I think in my top three, four safeties coming out. Uh, shout out to Chris Ransom, uh, draft uh, Utopia. He had him, I think, number one. And I think that was good value to get him. I think that got him in the second. You know, and then you look at uh, Jalen Mayfield, who I actually really like too, who could play right tackle and left tackle. You know, and you didn't see you don't you didn't see too many really solid right tackles coming out this year outside of the guy that I really liked at the Bears guy, Tevin Jenkins. I thought Jalen could 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 play that side mm-hmm. and he was on that side. So I like that pickup as well. So I like some of the things they've they've done. To to your point though, uh, Corday, I agree. It do feel like it's more of a retooling and not a rebuilding. And they probably should be rebuilding. But I mean, as far as the like who they should have kept, Matt Ryan or Julio Jones, I mean, if you get rid of Matt Ryan, you keep Julio Jones, you know, Julio Jones is definitely not gonna have to see. I mean, then who you replace him with, you know, what kind of QB is gonna come in right away, you know, and 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 be able to deliver the type of passes Matt Ryan delivers. Cause he's still a top I, I, he's still a top ten QB. I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would too. You know? Yeah. He, I mean, he's older or whatever. The Falcons, yeah, you know, the Falcons has been bad and everybody's, you know, it's sometimes when the organization, the team is bad, you know, you even think sometimes you get caught up in the good players being there are bad as well. And I don't really think that's the case with Matt Ryan. I just think, you know, I mean, the team has been bad and, and they had coaching changes and different, you know, changeovers with players. And now all of a sudden he's being thrown in that mix. But, you know, I, I still think he's a really good QB. Um, so yeah. And then, and then one of the things they needed to address was uh running back, you know, that was one of the holes that they needed to address and they got Mike Davis. And I think he, he could be a staple in this Arthur Smith's, uh, offense. You know, we looked at how Arthur Smith did over there in Tennessee. I mean, he, he did a lot of good things over there, you know, and, and he was all around the offense from quality control coach, to offensive line, tight ends, coach, assistant tight ends, coach. You know, offensive coordinator. I mean, he he's done a lot of a lot of things over there, and uh, and the offense was was really really good. You know, and I have no doubt that he's the offense is going to be good this year as well. You know, so they they got some holes. You know, and and we're going to see how how they're able to you know uh, get through the season. I do think they win the they they won what was it four games last year? I think yeah, they, four and twelve. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say they win. I'm gonna say they win about six. I'm going to say they win about six games. The wide receiving core, like you said, uh, Corday, I agree with it. I agree with you right there as well. It's, it's kind of weak, you know. Um, I, I do like Ridley over there, you know. But I, I, I think if Arthur Smith bring the type of, um, you know, if, if he brings offense that we expect him to bring from Tennessee, you know, they're going to run – they're going to be a, a, a run-heavy uh, team over here. So – and I think that will help out the veteran – uh, quarterback in Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I, I, I like some of the things they've done. They also brought in uh, Dean Pease, who, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. We we talked about Tennessee, and I'm not going to go too much longer, but we, we talked about Tennessee. We talked about how bad their defense was. But then Dean Pease left, you know, yeah. and, and I forgot about that. You know what I mean? I mean, it just shows, you know, the whole scheme and everything and just the way he's able to coach up players. That really affected that team because we were, remember, we were questioning like, man, you know, you got players like Drew Locke over here carving up 
this this yeah. this secondary, and that was early in the season, like week one, week two, whatever it was. Right. You know, and um, that just shows the effectiveness. And he and and he came back. He came back for Arthur Smith. He's the coordinator over here. And um, you know, they got some pieces over here. I know I bashed AJ Terrell terribly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it funky. You know, what I'm saying? Like, I didn't like him at all. Really coming out of Clemson, he had a pretty solid season last year. Out of all the corners, you know, um, he. He probably had the best. It was, I mean, Jeff Okuda was not good at all, you know. Um, Damon Arnett, our guy, Jordan, he he didn't have to, although he dealt with injuries and stuff, he didn't have too good of a season. So, you know, he he played, and these are just corners that were drafted in the first round, you know. Um, he played pretty well, you know, he played pretty well. So they got some pieces, obviously Grady over there as well on the defensive line. So they got some pieces over there. So it's going to be interesting how they do it. Um, I got them winning at least. I'm gonna say at least. I want to say seven. I ain't gonna say that much. I'm gonna say at least six. At least six. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up the defense because for the Falcons and um Matt Ryan, Julio, all of them, I was never really looking to see what the offense would do. Right. I mean, there were some questionable um plays and stuff in certain games. Right. But it was always the defense that was just sketchy because yeah. they were in yeah. games. They were in almost every game they played and would just lose it. So it's uh, I'm more interested in seeing what that defense is able to do right. um, in order to see their outcome. Because I, I would say seven games max. I have them at six. Yeah, I think the defense is the main reason why Dan Quinn got fired. That's supposed to be your bread and butter. That's your calling card. That's what you got known for and what you got hired for from Seattle. But you can't – that defense can't stop anybody. And ever since y'all lost that that Super Bowl against the Patriots, uh, it seems like you guys have continuously blown leads. And that seemed like the biggest reason why uh, he got fired. Um, so, I, 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 so I get that Matt Ryan, you guys still consider him a top 10 quarterback. I guess the reason why I was saying they should probably be rebuilding more instead of a retooling is basically because the owner had came out last year after he fired Dimitrov and Dan Quinn saying we might need to rebuild, but it's up to the GM. Basically because he was saying we poured so much money into these players, he getting older, and we still haven't done nothing. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm just like, we gonna, we going to keep Matt Ryan, I get it, and we trading Julio. Um, and my biggest thing, my biggest wonder is how will Kyle Pitts adjust to coming to the NFL? Because he's supposed to be so versatile and stuff. But tight end and wide receiver is a hard position to transition to, especially as a rookie. Most rookies struggle coming in, except you have a few outliers. And then you got Calvin Ridley, who's going to become the number one wide receiver. And, you know, it's a lot different being that number two when you got like a future Hall of Famer Julio Jones on the opposite side and you being left wide open because they double teaming and triple teaming them. I mean, we saw that last year with Juju after Antonio Brown had left. You know? Well, last year, I mean, Ridley was basically that number one dude. He led the NFL in 100-yard games as the primary guy because Julio missed so much time. So I, th- I think he's ready for that more than someone like Juju would be, really. But overall, I, I think they're looking further down the line to, re- to officially rebuild. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I mean, when 2023 rolls around, I mean, that team is going to have, like, they got, I mean, granted, that's a couple of years down the road, but they're already looking at 100 million cap that season. 
So as long as you kind of keep it open-ended until around that time, Matt Ryan's contract will be up then. They probably won't look to renew his, maybe give him a one-year deal or something short. Grady Jarrett's up. And other than that, really, on the defensive, on the defensive side of the ball, beyond Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones, you're still going to have A.J. Terrell on his rookie deal. And maybe just part of that goes to, to extending him if he continues to ascend and play better. But their window is not now at all. Like, this defense is bad. Like, this defense is going to be real bad. Like, this might be the worst group of pass rushers, like, on the edge oh, absolutely. of any team in the league. Yeah. I mean, they, they gave that contract to Dante Fowler after he had, like, his sack total rise as high as it's ever been because he was playing in that Brandon Staley defense with next to Aaron Donald and, and company. And just when you see him removed from something like that, he isn't able to equate the same sort of success. So, yeah, I mean, the the pass rushing group, I would say, on the outside is the worst. There's only really Grady Jarrett there. And then on the second level, you look at you got Deion Jones, but then in the secondary, your best player is a rookie corner who, like it, like Josiah was saying, he played probably the best of any of the rookies, for sure. I, I, I would agree. But, I mean, to still expect him to be the number one dude when you don't have a pass rush in front of him on a new defense, that's a lot. I mean, Dean Pease is known to be able to blitz a lot with five-man pressures, and they're going to need it if they want to generate any pressure. So, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be something to really look out for on his defense. I don't think they got better by really any way, shape, or form. I do, like Josiah said, I like the draft pick at Richie Grant, but some of the players that they lost last year who weren't huge huge you know they weren't great players or all pros but they were solid level caliber starters and the people that they filled them in with I don't know fit that same mold offensively this team just you know Arthur Smith has been a really good offensive coordinator and this offensive line has really not been up to par since really honestly the 28-3 times for for the most part this whole entire team hasn't been where they've been at since the 28-3 demise and that just kind of reflects on how tough it is to maintain a standard of success in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, overall, the defense, I don't see enough being there. This, I think, is going to be the worst team in this division again. You have a first-year GM in Terry Fontenot. You have a first-year head coach in Arthur Smith. You're bringing in Dean Pease, who's, he's honestly been coaching longer than I've been alive. But nonetheless, I don't know how you expect this dude to really make a lot out of what is on that unit. So they're going to put up some points because Matt Ryan will do that. And I do think Arthur Smith is good enough to not have them completely fall on their face. Calvin Ridley, it should be nice and continue to ascend. I do think Kyle Pitts will be pretty solid, but I don't, I don't see this team eking out wins much more than they did last year. I'll put them down for about maybe five wins because they're just, there's nothing on that defense outside of two guys that get you excited. And they're going to be, if another team wants to try to put up a lot of points on them, I don't see them really being able to do much about it. So, yeah, give me about four or five wins for the squad in 2021. Let's move on to our next team, the Panthers. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do this season. Um, so, Josiah, um, give me your thoughts on their offseason, their preseason, and what you see them doing this upcoming season. I like a lot of things Carolina did, man. I mean, you know, last year I was kind of I was I was really on them hiring Matt Rule. I think it was to a five year deal. I think it was five year deal, and I just didn't. I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, he was okay in college, but he did turn some organizations around, you know. So 
I, I felt like, okay, well, maybe, but we'll see. But I, I really wasn't believing the hype. And I really liked a lot of things they did last year. Even when they played us, they were in the game. For the most part, they were still in the game. I mean, it, we we won the game convincingly, but there was a lot of things they did in that game that I really did like. And then, you know, throughout the season, there were some close games that they probably should have won that they lost. And when I look at the, the draft that they had, you know, even before that, it was a really good draft. I know, you know, we talked about Jeremy Chin. I know Jordan really liked him. Henry really liked him. We all really liked him. He was a good uh, safety coming out. You know, and then Derrick Brown, who I had as my top defensive tackle. So they, they, they've been doing some really good things. And then going into the end of the season, I thought the whole team, organization, coaching, everything was, was pretty good. And then you look at this season, going into this offseason, they brought in Sam Darnold, who I felt like probably deserved, you know, just a better – just a change of scenery. You know, I mean, he was over there and, and with the Jets who, you know, I don't know who really believes in that organization for anything. You know, I, I hope – uh, Robert Sala gets it corrected over there. I like Zach Wilson over there. He's playing pretty well so far, just preseason, but he's playing he's playing well. But I just didn't believe in it, you know, and, and now he's over here in Carolina. He has, I feel like, better coaching. I feel like Matt Rule already, he's only been the head coach in the NFL for one year. I feel like he's already better than Adam Gase. I think that's <laughs> oh, yeah. better coaching. Joe Brady, as offensive coordinator, I really like what he did last year. I think he has a better offensive coordinator with that. You know, he's calling plays better. Because I think Adam Gates called the plays over there in NY. So, you know, it's just – I think the staff is better for Sam Darnold here. The new scenery is going to help. The weapons, I feel like, is better. I know Robbie Anderson, he's played with him before. He just signed an extension. He must be – he's doing some good things over there. He has to be. He's got the extension. They got DJ Moore over there, who I like. You know, and then they got Terrence Marshall right now, who I think he's leading. I know this is preseason. I know this is preseason. He's leading all the all the rookies that came out so far in, in in receptions. So he's doing he's doing something right over there. You know, um Sam Darnold's getting some chemistry down with him. And I, I like Terrence Marshall coming out. We thought, I know me and Henry talked about him, you know, him possibly uh going to them, but because of his injury that he may drop. And that that's what happened. But I think that's a really good pickup for them. You know, uh, in, in the second round, I believe, is where they got him. And then J.C. Horn now just going on to the defense a little bit. J.C. Horn was my favorite corner coming out this year out of South Carolina. So I like that pickup as well. Uh, Davion Nixon, defensive tackle. I had him as a top three defensive tackle. I had him over Levi. I know a lot of people. I know D.J. had Levi number one defensive tackle. I had Davion Nixon as my number three. I had Barmore uh, number two. And I had Jay Tufele out of my school, out of UC uh, – USC, you know, uh, number one in defense tackle. So I, I like what they did, and they got him for a good value. And then um, then they got Brady Christensen as well to BYU, which was, you know, I mean, obviously some good protection for Zach Wilson. That's where he played. So I like some things that they did with um, with, with, with this team offseason from the draft, from, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the, the free agency, the players that they brought in. So I like some of the things they've done over here. Um, I got them being better, not, not by much. I had, I think I had Atlanta with, what I'd say? Six? I said six. Six uh -huh. wins. I gave them six wins. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give Carolina, I'm going to give them seven. I'm going to give them seven this year. Seven man. and ten. Okay. No, that, that, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of a jump. Cause I think last year they only won, they only won, I think four or two, right? Or yeah. Four or five, maybe. How many games did they win last year? 
So I got them at seven this year, man. I, I, I like some of the things they're doing. They're proving me wrong. Uh, Matt Rule, at least, has proven me wrong, the things he's been able to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does with a Sam Darnold versus Teddy Bridgewater. Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is okay, but I, I think Sam Darnold could be a better QB. I think he just really, really needed a change of scenery. And Teddy Bridgewater had that, and it, it, it was, you know, I think Sam, this is this is really his second team right here. This is, yeah. you know, so. So, yeah, I like some of the things they did, and I got them winning uh, seven games. Seven and ten. Yeah, that'd be a jump. I be a big jump. Be a big jump. I would say that for this team, that defense, I remember they've invested a lot since Matt yeah. Rule's been here. They've invested a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Because yeah. his first draft, dating back, you know, it was 2020, his first draft, they went all defense. I think their first, what, six, five? Last year, they didn't draft a single offensive player. Okay, yeah. Whole draft. The whole draft. Like, since Matt Rule has been there, it was like seven, six or seven, you know, however many picks they had in 2020. I don't have it on the top right here. But then they started off the draft with going J.C. Horn, like you said, out of South Carolina. And so that just really shows where he's he's addressing the big weakness that they have. And he thinks that if, you know, you get Christian McCaffrey back, that the offense can then go ahead and continue to improve. And if they upgraded the quarterback position. To me, though, I mean, Sam Darnold does have, you know, things that you like as a prospect that Teddy right. Bridgewater doesn't, a better arm, et cetera. Right. Not necessarily, he can do things that certain people can. I think where we see still traits of Sam that might get you excited with him are his ability to make off-balance throws, to be able to improvise. I mean, he had a run on Thursday Night Football last year where he scrambled for like a 56-yard yeah. touchdown yeah. against yeah. the Broncos. Right. Which, I mean, that type of play, it's not something you're going to draw up. No, we got to start, you know, drawing up, you know, read options for this dude. But to be able to have him at least have, you know, second reaction, oh, the play broke down type of ability that he has showed on more than one occasion with his legs and with his arm or both of them in tandem still gets you a little bit excited. We right. do need to see him, though, have a little bit more of that Teddy Bridgewater play on time, play on schedule. Yeah. Keep yourself ahead of the chains. And I think, I do think that Matt Rule is a better person to steer him in that direction than, than Gase was. I mean, the offense itself is, we don't have to look much further than what Robbie Anderson was with the Jets than what Robbie Anderson was with the Panthers. Right. Yeah. That just kind of shows you he already has a better idea of how to use people. Yeah. So, Great point. Uh, yeah, I think. This defense, though, they're all going to continue to progress another year. I did like Jeremy Chin. There was a plan in mind for him from day one, being that he had his own coach. Because last year, Jeremy Chin was basically what I had. And I'm not alone on this. A lot of people had projected for Isaiah Simmons in the fact that he was going to play linebacker, he was going to play slot corner, and he played safety. Jeremy Chin actually did all that. And he got better as the year went on and was right up there in the rookie of the year votes. So there. There's a lot to like on this defense as far as, you know, a lot of young prospects. The one question I have with J.C. Horn, though, is as far as him as a prospect, he was the best press corner in the draft. I don't think there's really any debate there. But the Panthers last year played zone. They were among the top five defenses there. So is it that they're going to try to acquiesce J.C. into playing zone? They're going to try to maybe shift their play calling to more man? You know, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be, and that's going to be something to look out for. But the, if there is a detriment to this team, apart from youth and, of course, injuries that like can affect anyone, it's offensive line. Yeah. And really apart from Taylor Mouton, 
I have there's not a lot of proven offensive line people that are there. Matt Paradis was good for a little bit when he was with Denver, but that's that's a kind of getting to be a long time ago now. And he hasn't been necessarily good since then. Pat Elfline has been very bad and Cam Irving equally so. So I don't really know what is going to be, you know, it's he had a better offensive line, I think, or at least equal offensive line problems in with the Jets. I kind of see that being something that could still sustain with him. But I think we do see the best version of Sam Darnold that we've seen, but I don't think we see enough to be able to vault this team, at least this year, to much more than what I'm going to say is six wins in this division. I, I got to agree, man, uh, especially the young defense. But then, yeah, that was the one thing I was thinking about. Uh, Sam's coming to a way better play caller in Joe Brady. He has a lot more weapons than he did in, in uh, New York. Under Adam Gase, who was a trash coach, like Robbie Anderson, uh, mm-hmm. thrived under uh, Joe Brady last year. Uh, I think it was ninety catches, a thousand yards, and he talked about how they were they moved him around more, how he played multiple positions and really utilized him. DJ Moore is a, another solid wide receiver, but like how you said, Jordan, the O line is definitely the weak point of this of this team, and they really need to start addressing it as well. Um, so, so Sam Darnold won't see ghosts like how Adam Gase had him um, in New York, but he has probably the best running back that he's ever played with, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. And if Christian McCaffrey go out, Chuba Hubbard look, has been looking good in preseason as well. So that's offense that looks really good. Um, but to your point, you uh, said that J.C. Horn is a, the top press man-in-man corner. I've heard that they've tried; they're trying to switch to more of a man-to-man scheme mm-hmm. but because uh lack of assets. They use a lot of zone last year, but I've heard that's why they took them. They were super high on J.C. Horn. They want to become more of a man-to-man team, but, you know, it's a young it's a young roster, and they're playing, like, a ton of players. They Like you said, last year, 2020, was a whole draft full of defensive players, so I think they're trying to switch into more of a zone press scheme, and, that, and that's why they drafted J.C. Horn. But they got to Hopefully this O-line comes together and does decent. It's okay to protect uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah. How many wins you have them at, Corday? Like Josiah said, uh, seven or eight. I feel like this team is uh, – this team was was really rebuilding, unlike what the Falcons did. But they actually fully rebuilt, and uh, that O-line could be a problem for them. So I got them at like seven, eight wins. I feel like that's, that's where I got them at. That's like their ceiling because I don't see – um, they're doing like particularly great. Like there's not outstanding anywhere. Like the receiver core is good, but they're nothing like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is good. It's like really good. But then like how much can he like hold up behind that old line? And then Sam is still coming into his own, still a young quarterback, even though this is the second team. So I got him at seven wins because that defense is still super young. And shout out to Jeremy Chen. That was one of my favorite uh, picks from last year. I wanted my Eagles to get him. But and I heard he was a poor man's Isaiah Simmons, and that dude was balling from day one. Yeah, I know Henry really, Henry really liked him. Mm-hmm. And they they put him in an advantageous position. I mean, he had his lumps like any rookie doing all of that type of work is going to do. I mean, but then he also had games where like that Minnesota game. Yeah, that that was it by one point, bro. Yeah, by one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, my fault. No, 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 you're right. I mean, it's everyone knows that game. Like, I don't know if you if we've ever seen a rookie defensive player score 
14 points for that's like Vic, that's like Vic and 04 Madden like <laughs> just him he's a cheat code out there right now but anyway yeah no it was it was impressive I got a question for you guys actually Brian Burns has been on the rise lately as a pass rusher in this league do you think we see him take that next step and start to get mentioned among the all pros, Josiah, as 2021 hits? <laughs> I know this is set up. This has got to be a setup. Because I don't know if Jordan knew this. We wasn't doing a podcast. Before. You didn't like him coming out. Oh, I know. <laughs> so you knew. So you knew. I did not like him coming out. That's why he called my name first. Jordan think he's slick. So, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you see what they added on. I think anytime you can add, I think Derrick Brown had an okay season, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Now they add another guy I really like from Davion Nixon. So we'll see if they can get some pressure up the middle. But anytime you can get some real pressure up the middle, and they should be able to this year with those two defensive tackles, anytime you can do that, then it helps out your defensive ends. So, yeah, I think he takes a step up because, I mean, they they really, like you said, too, I mean, Matt Rude's really been addressing the – the defense, I mean, it was all defensive players the year before. And then this year they drafted some defensive players. And 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 so – and some that I feel like they got real good value for that I just mentioned with one of them, two of them. And they signed uh, Hassan Reddick free agency. Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly. You yeah, know, Hassan Reddick, you know. Yeah, and then they and then they grabbed, like I already mentioned, they dropped, they grabbed um, – they grabbed Jason uh, – Jay, Jay Lee Horn. Jason yeah, J.C. Horn yes. out of South Carolina. So – you know, I mean, they, they've really done some really good things. So, yeah, I mean, when you build the secondary and you build the defense the, the up front, the defense tackles, you build that up. I mean, why? Yeah, he, he definitely should get better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does. I definitely expect him to take another step up, step forward for sure. Yeah, good. That was a good one, bro. <laughs> I just had to. I remember. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> That was like one of the first times like on the page because I think it was maybe the page wasn't even around him. But I remember I was I remember I wanted Brian or uh, Josh Allen instead of Farrell. So, yeah, I, but I remember I, we were opposing sides on that one. We were. Well, I didn't want Farrell. I wanted Ed yeah, Oliver yeah. or Devin White. Right. That's yeah. Yes. Well, I would have. Yeah. I loved any of the well, except for maybe Ed. But, yeah, no, Devin White or yeah. Brian or Josh over Farrell. But, you know, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solid picks y'all solid picks uh, yeah hopefully yeah by hopefully. Our organization. Yeah, yeah. we will move on to the saints looking ahead of this is the team that actually is coming off of their fourth straight year of winning the nfc south yeah. in 2020 they actually became the first team in the history of the division to sweep it last year no other that's kind of crazy to me to think that since the nfc south has been around no other team has had a season where they went 8-0 and in division. And the Saints finally did it in Drew Brees' last season, which is pretty crazy to think about. And so, but nonetheless, they did. But lose Drew Brees, they did as well. And now they're going to be looking at either Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, maybe a combination of the two. Uh, other than that, pretty much the coaching staff is, for the most part, intact. They're bringing back Sean Payton who's as decorated of, of as most coaches are in this NFL, or as I should say, few coaches are in the NFL. Dennis Allen's actually made a name for himself and found a home over there as their defensive coordinator. Yes, sir. 
they are actually bringing in Chris Richard as a defensive backs coach this season. I like that. Who, I, I do like too. That. He's a really good secondary coach. Keep going. My good. No, you no, a hundred percent, bro. Preach. I mean, I like it too. It's the reason I brought it up. And you know, he's, he had, there was a point where Chris Richard was getting considerations to be a defensive coordinator. And I don't necessarily think that's completely off the table for him mm-hmm. going yeah, forward, right. but right. this is a really good find for a secondary that is, you know, you have pieces with Marshawn Lattimore. They lost Janoris Jenkins, who's a good number two corner, I think, at this point in his career. And you have, you know, you have some pieces back there to be able to still make an impact as far as the players go. But this season for the Saints, we'll start with you, Corday. This team is looking at a lot of turnover just within the sense that Michael Thomas is hurt. It's the first year without Drew Brees. You don't have that brain trust from coach to quarterback like they had for the first time, like, well, like they had since 2006, I should say. To start it off, are you going to start with Taysom Hill or are you going to start with Jameis Winston? Come on, man. They ain't doing nothing with that Taysom Hill guy, man. I feel like it's crazy how much he's talked about and how much Sean Payton has uh, talked about and like talk and said how great he could be, how much you know he's working on this, he's working on that. I think Taysom Hill is honestly just a gadget guy, man. He yeah, he can't. It seems like he can't throw the ball consistently uh, from the pocket. And he doesn't have the accuracy, uh, well, especially doesn't have the arm as Jameis. Especially I was watching the game last night. I'm really just like, yep, Jameis is making some way better throws. But the problem is that we always think of Jameis as being a turnover machine, right? Where he threw 30 for 30, you know, his own documentary, you know, but threw for 5,000 yards. <laughs> I never uh, thought about it like that. 30 for 30. <laughs> just Films presents 30 for 30. Yeah. 30 for 30. Jameis Winston. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that was a high-risk office he was playing in in um, the Tampa Bay Bucks. We will get to later on in, yep. in the pod. Um no, I think Jameis is the guy, man. Um, I'm not a believer in Taysom Hill doing all that kind of stuff. I think he's going to stay being a gadget guy. And then uh, also, if we really think about it, this offense really might regress this upcoming year, especially from the wide receiver position, because behind Michael Thomas, there really ain't nothing. Like, I, I was looking it up, watching the game last night, Traquan Tra- Smith, Deontay Harris, and then Ty Montgomery. I didn't know he was on the team. I thought I thought I didn't know he was in the league. I didn't. <laughs> they like moving back and forth between like third string running back and fourth string receiver. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just like, yo, this is this is ridiculous. Also, this is another team that was in a terrible cap situation as well. They was 90 million over the cap, and that's why they uh, end up losing out on uh Trey Trey Hendrickson, who led the who led mm-hmm. the sacks, who had 13 and a half last year, I believe, when it was the All Pro and Pro Bowl selection. Um, I feel like this is definitely going to be a, a, a Alvin Kamara, uh, A Train, who you guys know well from used to play for the Raiders, like ball control offense, and then um, I believe they're going to have to like lean on their tight end Troutman, Adam Troutman. If he doesn't emerge, there might be some serious, might be like in serious uh, weapons along the wide receiving, wide receiving and tight end position. Yeah, because we don't know how long Michael Thomas is out because he had surgery in June. Something like half the season. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of where it's at. Yeah. They said it's, well, I think it was four months of recovery. So that, that lands you into the, in October. And then we don't know how quick he going to get on the field after that because he was plagued by ankle injuries all of last year. And we saw how he, what he could barely do. And then that's just a weird situation going on anyway. Um, he was fighting teammates. They had got suspended. But um, I forget the cornerback's name. But he got into a fight with the Bears wide receiver too. So 
That dude was feisty. And I remember watching the game last night. He all up in receivers' faces, knocking the ball out of his hand, waving a finger in his face. I'm like, so this dude is basically seem like the modern day Corlin Finnegan. Uh, mm. just, <laughs> just gonna have to take a fight on the field for him to oh, get the corner on the Saints team. Yeah, for the Saints. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson. Nick Okay, Gardner Johnson. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, feisty and is gonna um, definitely gonna uh, step up. And then we got uh, Marshawn Lattimore who is looking for an extension after this year. So his play's been pretty good and pretty solid. No, I was just saying that's what? my guy right there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I just, I just loved last year when y'all was talking about it and reviewing that when we were reviewing the NFC South and we talked about how him and Mike Evans always get yeah. into it. <laughs> right, right, right. I remember, I remember. Oh, bro, I, lo- I love to see it. Now, they He's Mike Evans. Battles. No, they've they had some. Good. They've had some they really good battles. Yeah. And like really, last season, I think he held him like basically with one catch between two games. He did. Not to cut you off, Cordy. I'm gonna let you finish. But just yeah. what was crazy, and I remember, I remember what Cordy was talking about because I remember talking about it on the page because I know he was really like watching. I was watching it too, but he was he was posting about it before I was posting about it. So when I think I think when I posted, I tagged him because like I knew he was following it. Mm-hmm. My, I wanted to see if he seen what Mike Evans was saying because they they showed a highlight of Mike Evans and Matt uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore were going at it, and like. <laughs> Mike Evans just gave him like no type of credit. He he basically just dissed him, bro. Like he he made it like it was like on some like some yeah you know like <laughs> like it was just different. If you go back and watch that the way he, but it just shows the the you know the competitiveness between. Them. Sure, yeah. they they stay going at it. They're in the same division. They're both elite in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mike yeah. Evans, I really liked him coming out as well. Yeah. I had him as my third wide receiver coming out that year. You know so. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, it is what it is. You know, I had Marshawn number one coming out the year he came out. So it's just good competition, but it was just funny. And I remember tagging Cordae about it. But yeah, keep it. Keep it and, I, and I remember specifically what you was talking about, because you was talking about on top 100 when it was like, oh, it's, yeah. okay. it's Marshawn Lattimore. He was like, he's okay. He's uh, he's solid. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. And he was like, and it's the dude who was like interviewing him, he was like, oh, he looks like he, he kept you to only like two catches and no touchdown. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't keep me to nothing. His team, <laughs> his team slowed me down. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they got beat for real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I just think, honestly, I just think, because I was watching the game a little bit, and they were showing like some of the highlights. I'm just like, hey, I don't think Mike Evans is that physical when he's going against Marshawn Lattimore, which is weird as a big, tall receiver. Like, I think, you know, I'm just like, yo, maybe if you get more physical, you won't be getting shut down as much by Marshawn Lattimore or something, dude. Like, you 6'4", 230. Right. Like, come on now. You shouldn't be letting a small dude get in your chest like that. Like, you you got the height advantage and the hops. How are you letting the smaller dude get it all up in your chest? But, you know, it happens. Marshawn owned him last year. But, yeah, that's what makes him special, though, bro. Yeah. Sometimes players don't have to be the same height or yeah. tall or super yeah. tall or whatever. Sometimes just having that physical ability or yeah. just being able to get in your head. Because mm-hmm. Marshawn talk yeah. trash. Mike yeah, Evans yeah. don't talk. He's never been one to talk trash. Even when he was playing in college, he's not one of those players, you know. Yeah. But you see, when, you see when he did in that top one hundred. I mean, right? You know, you push somebody to that level, you're gonna get somebody. That you're gonna get them to come out. It's, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is, man. But yeah, yeah, I agree. They didn't even interview Mike Evans about Marshawn Lattimore this year because of the diss of how much he was talking about him. <laughs> like I'm watching him, like okay, here go Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, Mike Evans. 
Nope. No Mike Evans this year? Okay. Come back. Mike, come back. Sit down, Mike. Mike, come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. Uh, and then they still got the uh, the best defender on the team, uh, the D lineman, uh, Cameron Jordan, who yeah. just, uh, just a fan. Of, I'm just a big fan of his. I remember especially because I remember one time I saw him because he played with Cal. That's it's my favorite school. That's my that's my school, y'all. I know Josiah, you a USC guy. Uh, Jordan, you're an Oregon guy. And you know, I'm just I'm just a UC Berkeley guy over here. Well, I don't say nothing. Oh, oh, you know, they always ask me, well, "Who your team?" I'm like, you know, Cal. You know, yeah, we uh, we cool, we cool. You know, cause I'm already knowing we ain't gonna do much, but we stay putting guys out. So you do, yeah. You guys do got a lot of pros in the league. Yeah. So it's just. But, yeah, so Cameron Jordan going to hold his D-line down. And then Marcus Davenport and uh, Zach Bond, a, a third-round pick last year, really got to step up on his defense to really keep the pass rush going. Uh, and I believe Sheldon Rankins is on this team as well. And I remember he was coming off an Achilles injury, I think, coming into last year. So they really – I don't uh, think – no, I think uh, I think Sheldon Rankins went to the Jets. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. But yeah, when he, he the was Jets. there, though, he was – I think he was doing some injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. So come out of Louisville. Yeah. So 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 even more. So they gotta really step up because I honestly feel this is gonna be a run. They're gonna have to control the the time of possession with the running game, and then they're gonna have to play great defense because without Michael Thomas, you ain't really gonna be doing. They, it's gonna be. You know what? They gotta start Jameis because they're gonna have to use Taysom Hill a lot to just create some kind of offense because mm-hmm. without Michael Thomas. Uh, who made it? I felt like he, he joined the best receiver in the, in the league conversation before getting hurt last year. Um, you you can't just lose a player like that and then still keep going. So it's going to be a lot of Alvin Kamara in the first month, month and a half, two months, and then that defense going to really step up and uh, contribute and slow people down. Which honestly, for the longest, the Saints had a terrible defense, trash. And now it's one of the best in the league, so they just gotta keep that going. And now the defense gotta up, gotta uplift the offense because mm-hmm. from like the playmakers, which really ain't been said about the Saints in the latter years. You know, you that's not what you think about. You always think about a terrible defense, not a terrible offense, or lack of weapons on offense. You know. Yeah, I think this. I mean, you're right, 100 percent with the defense. Uh, as far as the outlook for the offense, Josiah, do you agree that Jameis Winston is the one they got to start and use Tamus in like situational gadget type of roles? Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And you know, I even, you know, it's funny. I think, um, you know, I think I was talking to, is it? Because I think they brothers on SSAW, Joey and Dennis Williams. I think it's the last name Williams. Oh anyway, yeah, one, one's a different fan. One's a cowboy fan. Um, you know, shout yeah, out to them. Indians, yep. Yeah, yeah. They they would always laugh at me because I was clowning Jameis a lot. You know, I would always clown him always because he was always turning over the ball. You know, so I would always have jokes about him turning over the ball and whatnot. And I know I've heard quotes about Sean Payton or read quotes about Sean Payton just saying like Jameis is not going to do that here. Like he's he's definitely going to, you know, not not not. I shouldn't say quotes, not word for word, but just in, but just what he was trying to say. And I need to mind that exactly what he said but he mm-hmm. he is going to he's not going to be a turnover machine over here he's not going to just throw the interceptions he was throwing over there in Tampa Bay and so far I've liked what I've seen again I know it's just preseason I'm with is, you though but I like what I seen he yeah, was reading right. defenses and I'm not saying that Jameis came out I know Gibson really liked him coming out I'm not saying 
that he wasn't a high IQ guy or anything like that, but I didn't really know him for really reading defenses like that. And I seen that in the preseason. And that was that was good to see. That was an improvement. You know, and then I seen him just obviously throw some really good accurate passes, you know, to some just unknown wide receivers. And to go to your to go to what you were saying, Corday, I mean, you look at some of the wide receivers that the Saints had had, you know, I, and just going back, I mean, you look at like like Marquise Coast. He's somebody that nobody probably remembers. He'll never make a whole oh, game. But I he remember lead, him. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we remember him just off sure. that the seasons they've had with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. But he's not one of those. He's not like a Marvin Harrison or anything. He he's was, not, he was Mr. That. Irrelevant the year he yeah. came out. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So it, he was a seventh-round pick. The last pick in the draft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you you see what he's done. He leads the whole organization in receptions. Yeah. And and then in top 10, and he he's receptions, well, well games, receptions, yards. He's at almost he's 9,000 in yards, 72 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude, you know, what I'm trying to say is basically they breed these type of you know, non-existent type of wide receivers. You know, you look at yeah. Lance Moore, who they had that won a Super Bowl with them as well. Yep. You know, he's he's in the top six as well as far as like receptions and yards. You know, and then and then touchdowns. He had thirty-eight touchdowns. You know, I mean, these. these I, what I'm trying to say is Sean Payton. I think he feels comfortable or what they have here. And if you look at what Jameis Winston was able to do with the wide receiver. That he had over there, I forgot. I'm blanking on his name. The guy he was at when he was connecting on. Oh, Marcus that, Callaway. Yeah, Callaway. You know what I'm saying, Marcus Callaway. I mean, you you look at the what they're able to do with just these wide receivers. They got Kevin White over there, who another guy with me and Gibson. I remember we was kind of talking about him, you know, a little bit. Um, you know, he's been a letdown. He's really been an injury prone type of player. Yeah. But I mean, this is one of the organizations you want to go to to try to like, you know. To, to get your name back relevant, to try to, like, prove that you're still one of those top dudes because Sean Payton is really – he's going to build an offense for you to catch the ball wherever, down, go go deep, you know, midfield, whatever it is, short passes. That's what he likes to do. He likes to, he likes for his QB to throw the ball deep or just throw the ball, period, you know. And Jameis Winston, one thing I will say about Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston has always been – he's always had a strong arm. He's yeah. always been mm-hmm. a strong arm. Yeah. Maybe not as accurate, but he's always had a strong arm. And when I seen this, I, again, I know, I know, it's just preseason. But when I seen what he was able to do in preseason as far as throwing the ball deep against, you know, the ones that they had out there. I know it's the Jaguars, but remember, I just talked about the Shaquille uh, uh, Griffin, somebody that was one of the better free agents coming out, corner-wise, yeah. you know. Uh, he threw dimes on him. I mean, that, I mean. That he he threw some really good passes on that one hander to Callaway in the end zone. That though. was I nice, mean, bro. That ball yeah. was still placed beautifully. Yeah, so I, I can't, you know, I know it's preseason. I get it, but these are passes. These are things I didn't see from James. Yeah, I give credit when it's due, and that's exactly what. what now we'll see. We'll see what happens in the season. But I like the organiz, uh, organization he's with. I like the head coaching he's with. I like yeah. the system, everything. So we'll see. What he does, but as far as him being the starter, oh no doubt, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, no I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100. Both of you 100 percent on that. And there was talk even last year, or not? Was it last year? I think it was last year 
about if you weren't going to use Breeze because he was getting old and he was getting up there in age. Right, right, right. right, right. That they were going to go to yeah, more of an offense. Right. We did, oh, for sure. And it was kind of like a conversation point for a little bit just because of how limited Breeze was in terms of throwing downfield on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Like he could muster up enough strength and enough you know, pain tolerance with all those broken ribs that he had to be able to, you know, on a Sunday night game to throw downfield when they were playing against the Bucks, but then they turn around the next week and he only can throw behind the line of scrimmage to Alvin Kamara, right. you know? Right. 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 So, right. The, so the conversation began to be, well, if they, who do they put in? It began to be the same conversation we're looking at right now. Are they going to put in Jameis? Are they going to put in Taysom? They rolled out Taysom for one game against the Falcons, and I think that was just Sean Payton being bored. Like, no, nah, I want to see what I can do with this guy. And the conversation was, and the, the question was, and it was half joking and, you know, half serious. Do we use Jameis between the 20s and then just Taysom from in the red zone alone? Right, right, right. right, right. You know what I mean? And I think, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the full-on go plan this year, but I think we're going to kind of see something similar or close to that. The one area, though, I do want to reiterate with this Saints, with this Saints offense is that Sean Payton has thrown the ball deep it in his time and his tenure with this Saints organization. I mean, the guy has been there since yeah. 2006. Yeah. And we can all remember when he had the Robert Meachams and he had the yeah. Devery Hendersons. Yeah, yeah. And he had the Devery Hendersons and those guys. Like, these, he was throwing the ball deep. And Jimmy Graham in his heyday. And Darren Sproles, he was throwing. There was more deep shots with Breeze when he had the arm to do so. But yeah. then once Breeze's arm went away and wasn't quite the same in terms of its power, they were then more of a shorter yak-based offense with Kamara slants to Michael Thomas and that sort of thing. So, so there's one thing that we know Sean Payton can do, and that's really acquiesce his offense to the personnel that he's had. Right. And that also goes into what this team was last year as far as an offensive identity. The Saints last season were sixth in rush yards. They led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Hmm. Let's think about that right now. More rushing touchdowns than the Titans. More rushing touchdowns than the Ravens. Yeah, it was and the Saints. Just real quick, it just shows how you know how the offensive mind of Sean Payton is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 known. Don't get me wrong. He he's definitely known for the for the the deep passing and like I said, all the passing and all of that and the wide receivers. But he can switch it up if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. And we were unsure. We was unsure if he was going to be able to do that. And he was able to – they wasn't a great team last year. Yeah. But he's shown that he can switch it up if he needs to. He, he really will. It's like it's a sign that he'll adapt. And I think with them being a running team last year, mm-hmm. they were 10th in yards per attempt, 5th in total rush attempts throughout the whole entire course of the season. The Saints last year were 25th in terms of most pass attempts in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they were also – this is the biggest difference, though. They were also tied for the fifth fewest interceptions. And that's part of just Drew Brees. Look, I can run the ball when I need to. If I get a favorable front and I get too high with the safeties, I can check to a run. And I think that's something that they're going to incorporate in there with Jameis. They're going to use, of course, with with Taysom Hill and going to have that dual run throughout. You're probably going to see many plays where you have Taysom and Jameis and Alvin on the field at the same time. You know, that's nothing of that is is outside of what Sean Payton will display on a football field. Right. But I say all of this just simply be like, yeah, it's going to be different without Drew Brees there. But I don't think it's as much different when we think about the identity of what the Saints have been the last two years. Just because 
they've been a running team. Yeah. They really just have. And I think that's going to continue. And if you have Jameis in an offense that has a good offensive line, which they do, sliding Cesar Ruiz to right guard, right. Eric McCoy and arguably the best tackle tandem in the league with Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. And you still have Alvin Kamara, who is very capable of busting loose in any game. There, there's still there's still a formula where this offense could be good. Yep. And I think if there's anyone that's going to be able to capture it with the people that he has, it's probably Sean Payton. So that's the biggest outlook. The defense, though, <clears throat> they've been solid, too. And like you said, Corday, that defense is going to be what's going to continue to help drive that team home. Yep. The only area where I'm going to say is like it's, Lose, they had Sheldon Rankins last year when he played. It was very noticeable. Malcolm Jenkins is getting another year older. I do think it was very smart to franchise tag Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. But this is a better defense than most teams in the league have. They might be the second best defense, I would say, in the division. And we all know the Bucks have the, the tops. But if we were to look at win totals across this season, I'll start with you, Josiah. Where do you have them finishing? Now Number this is five. a great this this is tough. Not even just it's a great question. Obviously, it was coming because we always you know forget who win total is. But because it's it's like I like what they've been doing, but I still got to see more from Jameis. But I like what I've been seeing. So AFC is weak too. Um, or at least it's weaker than AFC this year. Or last I mean, year. They, like they got four games that I think they should win between the two versus the Panthers and the two versus the Falcons. Just I like, you know, much the I like the Panthers now. Now I made a little switch. I didn't like, you know, the coaching and all that, but they they they've done some good things that I like. So I don't know if they'll get both of those games. Right. I'm gonna go with nine, man. I'm gonna go with nine. I'm gonna go with nine. But if nine they, wins. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with nine. It's just I just gotta I gotta see more. I like what I'm seeing from Jameis. This is what it's gonna come down to. I'm I'm sorry. This at the end of the day, I know. Drew Brees, you know, he wasn't able, he wasn't able to throw it deep, you know, but he was still able to throw the ball. And and since Sean Payton was able to come up with good creative schemes to be able to run the ball and things like that, having Kamara there for a couple of years, it worked out. But I need to see Jameis take care of the ball. I need to say preseason, he's okay, but I need to see in the regular season. I'm gonna go, I'm 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 gonna say nine. I'm gonna say nine. If he does Better, a lot better than I think, you know, he'll do, then maybe maybe 10 or 11 wins, you know? I mean, because they got so some your number, your number for the record books is nine and a half. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Nine. <laughs> nine. Okay. I'm going to say nine. Let's keep it at nine. Let's keep it at nine. I'm, I'm riding along there with Josiah. I'll, I'm going to say 10. I think I'm going to go 10. So what's that, like 10 and, 10 and 7 then? 10 and 7 now, yeah. That extra game really is so, big. So weird. This hey, no lie. This weird. This year gonna be weird because they got an extra game and a ton of players are wearing like uh, different numbers. Yeah, numbers. It's just that right there, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Offense or defense, I can't. I can't stand it. But I'm trying to get with it, you know, because that's you really gotta pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, no lie. I'm, 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 I feel like one of those old heads. Yeah, facts, bro. <laughs> you used to certain num- like you just used to certain numbers, mm-hmm. like with cornerbacks with running backs with yeah. quarterbacks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you, you used to seeing certain numbers. When you see just awkward numbers. You're like, yeah. what? And what is this? Like you know, exactly. 
And then when you see it in the pros, you think, oh, this is only for preseason. You know, players wearing this, yeah. oh, this, <laughs> right. this late round pick, a scrub, a third stringer. Be like, oh, wait, no, hold up. That's a starting corner? That's a starting, bro. <laughs> It, mm-hmm. it looks so weird to me. Yeah, it's it is. It's gonna take a minute. And like I on Sundays, I go to my I go to my mom and dad's house, and me and my dad, and we got our, everybody we watch it with. And I already know, like when we watch football on Sunday, I'm the youngest one in the room out of like five, mm-hmm. right? I already know, and like you know, one of the dudes I'm watching with is like my, my boy Rob, cousin Rob. Shout out uh, another Raider fan. He's 50, and then my dad, he's in his late 60s. So if it's hard for me. Imagine, <laughs> right, right, right. Imagine it right, right. Uh, another 20, 30 years or 40 years of watching football with the numbers being the way they are, and now they're gonna go change this shit on you. Right. Like, but anyway. Yeah, that's gonna be difficult. But uh what did you you said nine, Corday? Uh I said ten. So I think ten, ten seven. I just think um because also one thing um the thing that that uh Winston adds is the deep ball. Um, last night, Jameis Winston threw, I think, two deep passes over 40 yards, I believe. And it's just preseason, like Josiah, like Josiah said, but the last time they threw two deep passes over 40 yards, it's been, it's been two years since they, since they've done that in New Orleans Saints. Wow. Like 40, 40 yards in the air. In the air. Yeah. Air yards. Yep. Yep. Because Drew Brees' arm is, uh, not the same as it was. So. Um, it's gonna he, the deep ball's back, but they're gonna have to run the ball a lot more. So we ain't gonna try to rely on Jameis, but I think uh, uh, the Sean Payton school and Drew Brees school that he went to, I think it definitely helped him. That's what makes it so tricky is that Sean Payton has proved that he can run the ball. So yeah. you, he can't. They this team can't win ten games. Yeah, they can definitely win. That's why was, this is a, this is out of all the teams, this is the one where you just. It's almost like it's it's up to Jameis Winston because you know what Sean Payton can do as a play caller. You know the wide receivers that he's developed. You know the running back that he got that he has over there. So it's almost like what does it it comes down and then the defensive coordinator we just talked about him Dennis Allen. You know I mean we, we he's done some good things over there. They they you know they got some good pieces over there. To me it comes down to the Q. It almost comes down to the just single handedly to the QB. As far yeah. as what he really can do, he can throw the ball deep. He could he could throw it mid round. Obviously, he can throw it mid. Can that's where I think he's the best. Can he be accurate? That's yeah. at the end of the day. That's that's really what it comes down. If he's accurate, yeah. eleven wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if he's accurate, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. more than he's not. You know, I think Jameis to me is the best between that intermediate range, that ten to nineteen yard yeah. area. That's really like in the pocket, those intermediate throws, like that's where I see like, and I remember you said earlier, Josiah, like Jameis reading defenses and he, it's, he, he'll show like on one drive, read it, read it, read it, hit the honey hole in a cover two, hit the seam in a cover three, and then just throw it to the quarters safety when he's chilling (laughs) There, like, what are you doing? Like, and people wonder why they be laughing, like, man, Jay be on him, he be going. But did you true. see what I'm? Did you, are you watching the same game I'm watching? It's true. <laughs> like, I'll be watching him on all 22, and I'll be like, okay, okay, bro, how did you not recognize that was quarters? Like, it was they showed they tipped the hat, it was quarters. You stared at the safety and you threw the ball to him, 
I don't know. Like, it's just those type of things. And maybe that little blip in the matrix is what Sean Payton can, you know, just diminish for him, hopefully this season. So with all that said, I'm with you, Corday. I got double-digit wins for this team. I still don't think they lost enough to be able to drop them below. I mean, last season they took this division and you know, it's kind of crazy to think about that because we all know the Bucks won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and the Saints beat them both times in the regular season, but mm-hmm. lost in the playoffs, of course. So, yeah, with me, 10 wins, I could see seven losses just from that little adjustment period of not having that same level of familiarity. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's enough talent on this roster on both sides of the ball, especially within this division that they play, to where a double-digit season is is what I'm what I'm predicting for them. Yeah. I- so, uh, I with Jameis, y'all talk about Jameis for a bit. I just think we threw for thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions. I just think because we about to move on to the next team, that the fact that he had to be so aggressive in that Bruce Arians offense didn't help him at all. True, help him from turning the ball over. And I know Sean Payton can be aggressive as well, but uh, I remember they. I think Sean Payton started talking about it a few years ago. He remembered the days when he won the Super Bowl. It was because he was a lot more balanced. And I think that's why they've become so much more of a running team, especially when Kamara and Ingram was there now with uh, Kamara and A-Train, that he's going like, okay, let's be less aggressive and we're going to play action deep. And that's why I rely on uh, Jameis as much so he won't turn the ball over. And Yeah. I think if you have the less that Jameis has to throw, mm-hmm. the better it is for him. And then there's even going to be plays where Jameis isn't even having the ball in his hands every time because of Taysom. So I think all of this is beneficial to him. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we all agree. Saints are going to be solid, but not quite that elite dominant team that they once were before. But, hey, that's still on the cards because they got a good squad. We're going to move on to the first team in the salary cap era (laughs) to win a Super Bowl and then the following season bring back not only, not only, not only all of their coaching staff, except for one offensive assistant named Antoine Randallo, but all of the coaching staff is coming back. Yeah. As is all 22 starters in the Tampa Bay Bucks. We just got done talking about that Falcons team and how hard it is to sustain success when they lost that Super Bowl to the same guy that's quarterback in this Tampa Bay squad. But here goes this team, bringing back every single one of them. And is there, I'll start with you, Corday. Is there an argument to be able to paint that is logical and sound for this team to not repeat? So their biggest nemesis, the New Orleans Saints, who swept them, but then they beat them in uh, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, so Tom Brady came in there. I remember listening to the uh, the podcast last year, and a lot of us didn't see, um, or you guys didn't see that how would Tom Brady fit into this air it out, risk it or biscuit Bruce Arians right. offense. Right, right, right. During the second half of the year, when they really started to like turn it on, cats. I remember when they had that when they destroyed the Lions. On that oh, that was towards game. the end of the season. Yeah, they. Oh my God, Tom Brady didn't play in the second half. But yeah, keep going. They started. Uh, they started becoming more of a Tom Brady offense of what he did with New England. 
quick out your out your hand ball like throwing the passes things like that. I feel like it's gonna be more impl- implementation of that instead of the aired out uh, offense that Arians likes to run. And he has a, still has a lot of great weapons in uh, Mike Evans, who we talked about before. Uh, Antonio Brown's coming back and is going to be there for the entire season. Um, Goodwin's there. Leonard Fournette's resigned. So, honestly, I feel unless they have some major injuries at key positions, they should be back in the NFC title game because especially since now that New Orleans Saints have become weaker because Drew Brees isn't there. And as long as (laughs) – as long as Mike Evans ain't fighting Marshawn Lattimore out there. Hey, <laughs> look. I want catch. Match up the look for right there. Exactly. That's the match to look for. And uh, also Leonard Fournette is going to be settling into his role, too, because I remember he was, right. he was frustrated right. a lot last year because he wasn't getting as many touches in. Bruce Arians said either accept the role you, you want or accept the role we got for you or we're going to release you. And he finally accepted it, and he started running hard. And then uh, I forget the other running back, Ronald Jones, I believe. He started running hard, too. But he had, like, a thigh injury and, like, a few broken fingers and stuff. So that's going to be a nice two-headed monster. And then uh, that that secondary is nice. And that pass rush, Shaquille, Shaquille Barrett, everyone thought it was going to lose him in uh, the offseason. But they was able to retain him as well. So that pass rush is going to be nice. Vita Vey is coming back, going to be healthy this year. I remember – uh, he missed like I think it was like eight games last year because he had yeah. broken ankle. So he's gonna come back with a force, and he was tearing it up before he got hurt. So it looks like they should make another deep playoff run. Um, it's gonna come down to what happens in the playoffs because the only other team I see is Green Bay, who really can um yeah. meet, meet him again in the AFC champ. I mean NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. But you know Rodgers ain't got the receiving core that Tom Brady does, which he needs to finally go over the hill and go back to another Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting. They're set up unless, you know, because when teams play late into January, late into February, sometimes it's hard to repeat as Super Bowl champs because everyone's saying, oh, we, they get up to play you because you're the Super Bowl champs. We want to show our best against you, and we're going to play you hard, tough as nails and stuff. So they got to deal with that. Maybe if some too many people was partying and, if Tom Brady wasn't eating enough avocado ice cream and then he got off his diet, <laughs> right, right. Um, they should be they should be able to at least get back to the NFC Championship game because I don't really see a lot of other teams that is going to give them a hard time, especially because the main the hardest one was in their division in New Orleans Saints, but um, Jameis isn't as good as Drew Brees, so um, I feel like the Bucks should be able to win his division for um, the first time in a while. So, yeah, I feel like they should be in the NFC Championship. I don't know if they're going to win win it, but knowing how Green Bay's history, they'll probably get there. If they if they meet a championship again, they'll, they'll, get, they'll get there because uh, the Packers aren't good in the NFC Championships and they still haven't gave Rodgers necessary weapons, especially a wide receiver that he needs, you know. I mean, that championship game, we can't lose sight of how close of a game that was. Yep. yep. That's the biggest thing. I went back and I watched this week because I knew we were going to preview them. So on Sunday, I went back to Game Pass and I watched the condensed version mm. because, you know, they removed the all 22. <laughs> anyway, I got to do my I got to do my little two seconds on that. But yeah, no, I watched that and it was like 
the fourth quarter bomb to Scotty Miller, mm-hmm. the uh, the not going for it on fourth down. Yep. And like, I mean, just little things like that. And it was a five point game. Yep. Yeah. And then you got to look at it like in the red zone, right? The reason why Aaron Rodgers was, was one of more rece- receivers because when Devontae Adams and him was off in the red zone specifically, you had players like Alan Lazard dropping passes, uh, can't convert in the red zone, can't get yeah, in. He couldn't run the picker out correctly. Yeah, I remember, and they were pissed off. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like if this was all – I feel like this has always happened to Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, and especially in the NFC Championship game. If he doesn't play perfect, they usually lose. We can go back to when he played Arizona, when a, what was it, like 45 to 41, that ridiculous game. When he threw like the Hail Mary to that one guy that no one remembers the name. Jeff Janice. <laughs> 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 Over Patrick Peterson when Patrick Peterson was still that dude, you know. Yeah. So um that's 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 that should be the NFC matchup. Uh but you know, unless injuries set him back or like they, you know, people were partying too much, they should be back and making a deep playoff run. Okay. Uh so, Josiah, do you is there? I'll, I'll phrase it that way. I think that's a better way to do it. Is there a way you see apart from injuries? Because we all know that can derail any team in the NFL, and we've talked about that as we've scrolled across every division in this league. Is there a way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, apart from injuries, do not return to the conference championship game? No, I mean it. It, it would have to be injuries. They brought back everybody that was you know on the team, and everybody. It just seemed like from second from first, second, and even some of the third-string players played really well. And like you said, they even brought back the staff, you know, and gave them extension. I think Todd Bowles just got an extension and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, this team, you don't really see this. You don't really see them being able – a Super Bowl winner being able to bring back all the players that just won the Super Bowl. Stud player, obviously, because they just won. And then the coaching staff as well, I, outside of maybe one or two staff members, you know, it just shows how how bad this team really wants to win. And and it's hard to really discount them from really getting back to where they got to. Right. And then when you look at the NFC, as far as how weak they, the NFC is not as strong as the AFC. Nope. And you look I mean, at you some of the teams. The West, you take away, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, no, you, you take away the, the West. The West, you, the West you, alone, you're right. You're right. I'm glad you brought them up. The Bucks, the Saints, the West. Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> right. Bad about the, bad the Packers, but yeah. If the Niners stay healthy, and you got the Rams, they got Stafford, and you got Seattle, they always in contention. Those, I mean, and in Arizona, ain't no, 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 no. Uh, they're not no pushover. I mean, I don't expect them to get to the championship game, but they're still a really good team. So to bring up your point, the NFC West, that's it. But when you look at all these other teams, it's like, nah, I can't see them. I cannot. Yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs because the NFC conference itself is not as good. But as far as getting to a you know divisional game, championship game with this team and really beating them, I just I don't really see it. Maybe if it's one of those teams out of the NFC West. So yeah, I, I don't really Packers or the Packers or the Packers or the Packers because they they're on a mission. Aaron Rodgers is mad. Devontae Adams he he might be mad. You know. They're trying to do. They're they're trying to go on one last run. Yeah. They got solid defense. They got solid defensive players over there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. I do like their chances outside of the NFC West, but anything outside of the NFC West and outside of the Packers, I don't see. 
You know, NFC yeah. West and Packers. <laughs> NFC West and Packers. Yeah. Those I honestly think the NFC West is just going to, like, beat up on each other so much because they're so good. And so, like, I won't even add the Niners. I, I And I love the I, – I really like the Niners. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like what they've done. You know, um, we, we've been talking about Trey Lance. We've been talking about the players coming back healthy and whatnot. But even if Trey Lance start, which we'll figure that out and pretty soon, you know, CJ's been keeping it obviously the biggest not a fan on the page. You know, he's been keeping track of that. We'll see what happens. If he starts, I don't it's hard for me to see him, you know, yeah, they make the playoffs and all. It's hard for me to see them go all the way to the NFC championship. It's a lot. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that, that's a lot on the rookie. Exactly. If he starts. And if Jimmy starts, it's like, okay, maybe we'll see. He did help, I'm not gonna say lead. Help get them. Thank to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But it but outside of that, going back to that, not to get outside of the point, that's the only division you got the Packers. But when you look at everybody else, this team, outside of everybody else, is the standalone team. This Tampa team brought everybody back. Brought everybody back. They got studs over there on defense and offense. They rebeat. They rebuilt the offensive line in certain players. A couple players they re, they they added over there who I like. You know, um, I know uh, Tristan Wirfs. He made the top one hundred. I think he was. I can't remember exactly what number he was. I, know I didn't even really finish like the top one hundred yet, bro. I'm like in I'm, I'm, I'm in the fifties right now. I'm not even there. I think I'm at six sixties, seventies. See, also, I, right? I, have you got the Josh Jacobs yet at sixty six? Yeah. I yeah. it. Well, they're, they're still on. They just, I think the top. They got the top up. ten to go this weekend, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is, you know, they do it different now. They, they do it a lot. It's different. so weird too. It's so bad. Yeah. I wish, yeah. I wish I worked the NFL Network because I'd be like, we wouldn't be congested. The same. Time. Yeah, I, I would have kept it the way they. Anyway, well, they used to do ten a week or something like that. It, it was every Thursday. Week, it, yeah. it was like the draft would happen, and then they would do it. Oh, it one. Started, week. Yeah. And it would like mm-hmm. they have a reaction show, and it was way better that way. Now they just been like they put everything on Sunday. Yep. yep. Or I, don't like they, yeah. I don't like how they do it now. It, it's kind of making it like, and just real quick, you know, yeah. um, not to get beside the point, but they make it more like they're just trying to really get it out there because everybody yeah. has kind of been following it. And then yeah. I think in the next couple of years, they'll probably be gone, bro. Probably. They might have something totally different. But I think, it, like, I think YouTube. I always watch it on YouTube because I just can't like I don't, you know, I mean, I have NFL Network on Game Pass, but it's like I just go to YouTube so I can be like right, and go right, through right. my number and I start at the top and go to the bottom. But yeah, it's, it's just they, they do it a lot different. And, and, you know, it is what it is. But they have worths up there. I can't remember what number they had them. I know you really liked them. I, I really liked them in the beginning. And then I started liking more tackles. You know, I, I put a few more ahead of him. Uh, Jordan, so you know, but he did really well. So they, they, I just like what they're doing. I like what they're doing. Then you look at the yeah. draft, the players that they added. I know you guys really wasn't high on Kyle Trask. I liked him a lot. I had him higher than anybody as far as QB prospects. That was the I think him, QB prospects and you had him the highest out of all of us, right? All, all of us, yeah. I don't because I like Mond over him, and you like him over Mond. Yeah, I like Kyle yeah. Trask a lot. And it just it fits Bruce Arians' game. I just really – I think it fit. And then he's behind Tom Brady. You know, anyway, I, I can't get too deep into that. Sure, I like sure, that sure. pickup. Uh, Robert Hennessy out of Notre Dame, the guard. I liked him. 
And K.J. Britt out of Auburn, um, who I think is a really good run stuff, a stuffer. The linebacker. They got him in the, the late round, right? Yeah. I liked him, too, man. They got him in the fifth round. I liked him a lot, too. So, I like the things they did. Yeah, how, how can you not? They bring back all the players, damn near all the staff, and they bring and then they get some good, at least in my opinion, they get some really good draft picks. Jalen Darden and Joe Tryon are the two I'm looking at. Yeah, Darden. Yeah. Darden for me, especially. Yeah, Darden is balling right now too. That that's a, that's what I'm saying, bro. They they really you you can't. I don't see how anybody could really go outside of this team. You right. look at everything from top to bottom. They're ready to go back to the. They're ready to go back to the Super Bowl. Forget NFC Championship game. They're ready to go back to the Super Bowl. So, you know, and then we look the again going back to the NFC. Who can stop them? Okay, when you go to the NFC West, you look at a couple teams over there. Cool. Not every team is going to make it that far. No, true. Some got to stay healthy. Niners. Yep. Seahawks, you know, okay, maybe. That Rams, okay, maybe. Rams got to have a running game. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, you know, so we we, we got in Green Bay, outside of MC West, Green Bay. Now, we, the Super Bowl, the NFL, that's what makes the NFL the greatest sport. In America, it's because you don't know. Wait, wait, say it, say it again, bro. The greatest sport in America. Oh, okay, yeah, just for the people in the back. Keep continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the greatest sport in America. Period. It ain't. It ain't no. It ain't no question. But you don't know, and this is why it is the greatest sport because you you never know. It's not predicted. Not saying that the other sports are. It's just it's this is the ultimate team game. Yeah. You don't know. Who's going to be healthy? Who's not going to be healthy? Who's who's going to play well? Who's not going to be, play well? Who made it to the NFC champ, AFC championship? Who's not? You just don't know. You don't know. It takes the ultimate team. So you you don't know, but at the same time, if you're going off of what happened last year, which is what we can only go off of, you know this is this is what I see. You know, and those teams that we mentioned outside of the Niners, Green Bay made it last year. Seattle made it last year. You know, um, Rams, but the Niners, it was just because they, they wasn't healthy. If they can get healthy, they, they to me, they back in the mix. I yeah. like them a lot. But then if they're starting a rookie who I want them to start because I feel like he's a better QB than Jimmy, I don't know if he can – yeah, maybe he can get them to the play. I don't know if he can get them all the way to, you know, to the Super Bowl or NFC Champion. That's, that's a lot. So we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I like this team. It's hard not to pick them to go right back in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with both you guys. It's it's hard not to. I'll I can go as far as like the title game for sure. I'll put them back there because, like, as as good as they were playing in the playoffs, we have. I feel like I feel like we have to highlight it in the playoffs because they were a wild card team yep. at the end of the season, and of course that was expected as we had all talked about on this show before I'll because. Yeah, exactly. It's going to take time for these two different people to, and you alluded to it too, Corday. All of us did. It was going to take time for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians to find that middle ground and to just and to just be able to meet at the median or median to be able to meet in the middle. And so now that they had that season was 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 the the progression of the Bucks throughout the course of the season an example of them finally figuring out or was it just the the randomness that is possible to exist within the NFL? And what I'm asking is it's like they lost to the Bears 
mm-hmm. in their regular season. Yep. Right. And the Bears were the team that made the playoffs and was the, the huge underdog against the Saints. Does something like that happen towards the end of the season or maybe in the wild card round of the playoffs if they run into a team such as the Rams? I, I'm not I'm not asking that question to be like another talking point. I'm saying that is a possibility that exists in the NFL, especially if they endure injuries. So but if we were to sit here and you were and we were to all predict a clean bill of health more or less because you never know what injuries are going to occur, I think there is not a logical argument to remove the Bucks from the conference championship game. And whoever they run into there, we can be able to assess it then. And yes, if we had to predict a Super Bowl rematch or a Super Bowl prediction at this point as we sit here in August, yeah, Chiefs Bucks. That's that's where I'm at. I don't see how I don't see how I could go anywhere else. Uh honestly. Sure there's arguments to be had, but if I'm gonna bet money and I'm gonna bet money that I earn from paychecks, that's where I would have to go. Simply on the fact that this team returned everybody in house. And not just from that, like you had mentioned, Corday, that yes, they brought back Leonard Fournette. They brought back Ronald Jones. The one thing that that team was missing that Tom Brady loved very much throughout all of his tenure in New England was having a running back that can catch passes. Mm -hmm. The Bruce Arians offense has been orchestrated on, like you had said, no risk it, no biscuit, for sure, 100%. He said that many times. But what you do first in terms of the progression in in that system is the deep ball there. No, it's not. Check it down. And he had Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones who could not catch those checkdowns. At all, man. They dropped so many passes. They dropped like three of them in the NFC Championship game alone in the first quarter. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, bro, they're going to lose this game dropping all these damn passes, man. Right. <laughs> like just drop it like a flat. Just pick up four, five, six. Maybe you can make a defender miss and pick up eight. I don't know. But now you got Geo in there. Now you got Geo in there, and that that's something. Geo, if all he does, if Geo just catches the checkdown, mm-hmm. just catch the checkdown, which we've seen Geo do for a long time, right? That will help this offense. Not that they need it, but it will. You bring in Jalen Darden, who can be a jet motion guy, and he's maybe your fourth, fifth receiver. So if you do suffer an injury there, Tampa, if Tampa Bay does, they're still in good standing. If 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 Mike Evans goes down, Chris Godwin goes to number one, Antonio Brown goes to number two, you put Scotty Miller in the slot, you still got Tyler Johnson, you still got Jalen Darden. That's a better receiving core. You, you could honestly take almost any of these dudes on this receiving core and put them on the Saints. Where do they stack up as to who's healthy? Because Traquan Smith is not. Michael Thomas is not. So where do they stack up? Honestly, I mean, it's if Antonio Brown was on the Saints right now, he might be the best receiver that's healthy on that roster. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, this is just how stacked that unit is. And in terms of the pass rush and in terms of the secondary, yes, they had a clean bill of health last year. They really did from top to bottom. And like we had said at the start of this segment, that's going to be the only thing that's going to be able to possibly derail this team. Hey, Jordan, we've been talking for a long time, man. Talk about how great and how depth is. We haven't even mentioned the, the linebackers on this team. Throughout everything we've been talking about about this Tampa Bay Bucks, this team is stacked. Two super like, stacked. Drafted Joe Tryon in the first round, who can just be another guy to add onto the blitz next to Devin White. Exactly. 
cheating. Just, just ridiculous, man. Just uh, like that's why you we gotta see we the expectation of them not appearing in the NFC Championship. Like you said, it might just be like bad luck of catching a team hot or something like that. Like that they should definitely end up in the NFC Championship game because besides, like you said, Josiah, the Packers or the NFC West, there shouldn't be a team to beat them. I mean, the only team that scared them last year, honestly, was the Washington football team. And they had a backup third-string quarterback in Tyler Heineke who kept it close. Oh, I think the Packers game was much closer. Oh, well, I, well yeah. I mean, if, if they go I mean, for it on that fourth down and Rodgers puts the ball in the end zone, we're looking at a completely different, you know what I mean? True. No, they so, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, 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 I, Packers was closer, but, I mean, Washington could have got them too. They, they, yes, they, yes, they, for sure. They, for they sure. Went I mean, that's what I mean. Like, the – like, Who be that we don't even know of? Yeah, like, exactly. I remember – I remember when he when we heard he was going at least me and my, and my boys we we heard he was going to start blowout. <laughs> we thought blowout, yeah, exactly. We, we were like, okay, this is over. Yeah. When it was a close game, it just it just made you think, what if? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, exactly. If they would have had that QB, a, a real stud QB yeah. back there, they would have beat the the champions. Yeah. Now the champions, you know. Yeah, eventual champions. Yeah. Which is. Ridiculous, and then well, we could even talk about in the Packers game when Tom Brady, what he threw, uh, three picks when he was just throwing up those lobs because they are sure did throw three picks, you know. But that great defense was able to bail them out, right? And they're all, but and that's the thing that's like you're right, you're 100% right, and they're all coming Coming back with more experience, like more experience, more familiarity. You know, I, it's just, it's so hard to be able to have that type of health in the NFL. So that's why it's like, if they're healthy, it's hard to be able to paint an argument where they're not returning. So, this is why Aaron Rodgers was probably so damn mad in the offseason. He like, man, I, he's like, he probably looking at, like, looking at that Tampa team, like, they brought everybody back. We can't bring nobody. We can't bring in no, sure, no right, woman. Right, right. Nothing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going against a dude who got, Three Pro Bowl receivers and Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans. Like we got uh all pro right I, tackle with yeah, Tristan Wirfs. You got an all pro guard with right. Ali Marpet. You got a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker, two Pro Bowl caliber two. linebackers. Yeah. You got uh yeah. one of the best rookie safeties out yeah. there. I yeah. mean, you got two corners that were balling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, a D tackle that's a top ten. Two Pro Bowl outside linebackers. Who yeah, Shaq Barrett, who has led the league in sacks before. Yeah. This is the thing I think with this team. Tom Brady, yes, he comes in and he does. There is something to be said, I think, of him coming in there and people believing in this guy being a person who has won Super Bowls in his past. Yeah. But the one thing, and I think this alludes to what you said, Josiah, with it being the biggest team sport there is, without all of these other pieces, not just Tom Brady, but without all of these other pieces, they would not be here. And because they were able to bring back all those pieces with Bruce Arians, with Tom Brady, with Todd Bowles, that's why they're here again. What number do you have them slated for in terms of wins, Josiah? I say 12, man. I'm going to give them 12. 12 and 5 from Josiah Corday. What number total wins you have them slated for? I'm going to go 13. 13 and 4? 
Yeah, just because another year in the Brady-led offense in Tampa, uh, they're uh, loaded everywhere. And then because the division, the Panthers got better, but then the Saints, I feel like, get worse without without Breeze. Even though he missed team missed games last year, that's just how I feel. So I feel like Tampa Bay will win it. Because they went, I believe they went 11-5, and five, and they lost twice against the Saints last year. Yeah, Saint, that's what I'm saying. Saints swept that division last year. So you win. So if you win both those games, you're sitting at 13. You but think they're going to win both? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it depends on. The end of August, I might say yes. <laughs> I don't know. James might be a look, man. James got see. some revenge. <laughs> he, he, was, he after he after we talking about. And then I got the tight end coming back, OJ Howard, who's a freak of nature. I liked him a lot coming out too. That's crazy. And he's the number two. You still got Cameron Brady, the number three. Like this roster is so goddamn loaded, bruh. Bruh, just also, I feel like if OJ Howard is healthy, Tom Brady can definitely utilize a great athletic tight end. He's shown before. Like, I feel like that's the one thing about in Tampa. They still haven't figured out how to use him. That's why they signed Cameron Bray to that extension. You gotta have OJ Howard's problem. The only thing it, it the only thing it has been is that he doesn't see the field the same way the quarterback does in terms okay. of the coverage. That's okay. been that's really been it, honestly. There's nothing else. Well, having Tom there though, yeah. having Tom there now, yeah, totally different. Tom can steer him. Yeah, I got them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 13 as well. Yeah. No, actually, no. I take that back. I'm gonna go 12 as well because I think they sit their starters on the last game of the season. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then that that puts them in uh, because I I remember I didn't even write it down. Dag Nabbit, who they played in the last week, but yeah, but that that was why. And so I'll put them down for 13 wins. So you got 13 and, to 12. Which one you got? Let's do 12 because yeah. they they bench their starters in the last one. I, I I was thinking about it. This team is loaded. You got They're loaded, bro. No running back. It's super loaded. I I don't know if there's another there's another roster you can look at that's this talented. like just talented and deep. Because <laughs> they they play in what yeah. they play in they play in the last two games are the Jets and the Panthers. So, so like last game of the season, I think I said they're they're I said they're at twelve win or they're, they'll have twelve wins, and they won't need thirteen. Right. Yeah. So yeah, let me and then maybe the Panthers can go ahead and take advantage of Kyle Trask. <laughs> yeah, he was throwing a bunch of picks in the preseason game this past one. So yeah, I'm the Kyle win that game. How about that? Yeah, rookie QB throwing picks in the preseason. I'm honestly good with. Yeah. Like, like, take it, you know, take your risks, see what you can do. I, that doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? It, especially if you like, yeah, you know, you, he's not starting this year unless he has to. True. That's just me. That's that's just where I reside. So, yeah, that concludes our division. We have previewed every single team in this division for a whole lot of minutes. Go back and listen and find out where your squad is. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up anywhere you can on social media if you want to go and try to find where we had recorded. We will be back hopefully next week with a fantasy fantasy football preview to get you geared up for your draft. If you drafted before this weekend, my first word of advice is don't draft before this weekend because that's what happens when you draft Travis Etienne and then he ends up getting hurt. Never I'm sorry. This, this is just the way 
football works. Guys are going to get hurt. It's a physical sport. It is very demanding. Save your drafts for as close to the start of the season as you can. Or some, and if you, what's up, Corday? I was going to say, sometimes players get cut. I, there was a one time, because, you know, like late cuts and stuff like that. I remember one time my homie drafted Justin Forsett. I think it was the fourth round or the third round or something. When he was with Baltimore. When he was with Baltimore, and he ended up getting cut. And we was like, what the hell? Because we, we did it the day before cuts. Mm-hmm. And he after that, it was like, hey, we don't always do it on the Monday before the game starts. That's you do it that weekend. Yeah, I always do it that weekend. Like if you can fit it in on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, something like that during the week. Even I've done a draft two nights. I've done, the latest I've ever done a draft was Tuesday before the Thursday night football game, <laughs> just to make sure. So, but anyway, we will be here for it. We will have Chase, our guy, on. We'll be here with that segment throughout the course of the season. Appreciate y'all listening to Cover Zero. Y'all stay tuned. And are y'all ready for some football? That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media, and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at TSSAW.com. See you next week.